This is Right from the Deep. I'm Karen Ball. And I'm Aaron Taylor Young. And this is the podcast from writers for writers, answering the question, why am I doing this? <laughs> As writers, editors, and a former literary agent, we're in the deep with you. Bringing interviews, inspiration, and information to encourage, refresh, and equip you to embrace the deep, to find your truest story, your truest message in the deep places. You can get the episode show notes, lots more information and encouragement, and your free audio download, Five Crucial Ways to Safeguard Your Writer's Heart, at writefromthedeep.com. Hey, everyone. Want to know what's happening with us in the Right from the Deep world? Well, here you go. Thank you, first of all, to our patrons. We are grateful for you. You guys help make this podcast possible. And for those of you who aren't patrons or are wondering, what in the world are they talking about? You can check out our page at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash right from the deep. Special thanks to our sponsor of the month, Stacy McLean. Stacy's been hard at work on her first book, a Christian speculative novel called Make Known the Path, which should release sometime this summer, so be watching for that. Good job, Stacy, and thank you. And okay, guys, shout out now to Mike McClellan. He's yay, over at yay, Mike. Mike. We love you, Mike. We do. He's over at Podcast Production Services, and he is the great guy who's been doing our sound editing for some time now. And he fixes our mistakes, you guys. He makes us sound better. And we are so thankful for him. For all you podcasters out there looking for editing, you can learn more about Podcast Production Services at their website. It's podcastps.com. Oh, and hey, guys, here's another thing. They also write theme music. How about that? So if you are looking for that, check them out, podcastps.com. And now, here's the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Deep today. We are so glad that you're here and that you get to share time not just with us, but with our amazing guest, Cynthia Rupti. Yes, and I get to introduce her, everybody. I just want you all to know that <laughs> I met Cynthia Rukti at a writer's conference somewhere along the way. But what impacted me the most was her heart for God. She was doing, oh, a short devotional, I think, and then she was leading a worship song. Let me tell you something. You can know a lot and tell a lot about a person when they're singing to God. And I knew she was a woman I wanted to get to know better. So Cynthia Rukti draws on 33 years writing and producing an on-air radio broadcast to tell stories hemmed in hope through her more than 25 award-winning books and her speaking. She's the professional relations liaison for American Christian fiction writers and Get this, since 2017, she's also served as a literary agent with Books and Such Literary Management. Uh, Cynthia and her plot-tweaking husband, I love that, live in the heart of Wisconsin, not far from their three children and five grandchildren. So, Cynthia, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm going to have to change that bio a little pretty soon because we have a sixth grandchild. We don't know if it's a grandson or granddaughter. Ah. Uh, will be born in August. So oh, congratulations. <laughs> we like changing our bios to have more books listed. We also like changing our bios to have more grandchildren listed. There you go. Yes, yeah, see, and, and the only thing that I can list is when I get more dogs. More so dogs. there you go. <laughs> more dogs also works. 
So, Cynthia, as you know, we talk about the deep here on our podcast, and Erin has her definition of the deep, and I have mine. But we really like to ask our guests when they're here what that term, the deep, means to them. So, Cynthia, what does the deep mean to you? For me, a lot of it has to do with getting beneath the surface and whether that means um, going beneath the facade that we sometimes not even intentionally present to others or going beneath the surface of the activity that we're involved in to get to the heart of why we're doing what we're doing, but also beyond the surface in our relationships too. Uh, Primarily our relationship with God We can do a lot of surface activity with God, but the deep, deep work with God often can have its painful moments. It has a depth of joy that can't be shaken with what's happening on the surface. Uh, I ran into a a passage of scripture this morning that um, about at the beginning of the year, I had asked God, as many others do, uh, what's my word for the year or my verse for the year? What is that? Am I going to have one this year or not? (laughs) One year it was brave and it turned out I needed bravery that whole year. One year it was rest and I spent the whole year avoiding it. Uh, (laughs) And this past year, I didn't think I had a word that was going to carry me through the year until I heard the word pilgrimage. Hmm. And I wasn't sure what that meant. But I really sensed that's what he intended. You may have had experiences like that, too, where you weren't even sure why he was saying that. But Psalm 84 is a verse in in the Bible that contains that word. I looked first to the word because that's the best place to go to figure out what it is God has in mind. And it was that verse about happy are those whose hearts are always set on pilgrimage. Mm. Hmm. Still didn't know what that meant. However, <laughs> and I still don't. Here we are in this this far into the year, and I'm still not 100% sure about it. But I read that verse in, in another version, and that other version led me around to deep, which is kind of a, a skewed way of getting there. But that <laughs> verse in the Passion Version said, How enriched are those who find their strength in the Lord. Within their hearts are the highways of holiness, or that heart set on pilgrimage, even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, they dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others find only pain. Hmm. And that spoke to me in a way as if to say, pilgrimage, yeah, that was just a means of getting you to that verse. It yeah, yeah. driving force to get you to that verse, which which I'm still pondering on, but that is what we do. That is what how God wants us to live, but it is what we do too. Even when their paths wind through a dark valley of tears, they dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others find only pain. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And the hard thing is, you know, we're digging through that pain. We're digging into that pain. It's not like when we dig, it hurts less. I think it hurts more until we find that pool. And that is very counterintuitive. You know, you have to trust that that pool of of joy and of deep with God is going to be there. Right. So I think that's cool. 
Well, one of the reasons why I was so interested to have you on the podcast, Cynthia, is because a conversation you and I were having when we were at Mount Hermon, and we were talking about you um, being an agent now for these past couple of years. Um, tell us a little bit about that transition when you went from author, and I know you're still writing, but now you're being an agent, and how is that going for you? I love every minute of it. Uh, even the hard parts. So you know that that it must have um, God's presence is in the middle of it. And he's teaching me things even in the difficulties that come with agenting. And there are always difficulties because helping people get their books published, it's a winding, twisting path that sometimes <laughs> has grave disappointments in it. And, and it's always hard. It's always difficult. It's never easy or there wouldn't be a need for an agent. But, uh, but wait, wait, you're things- saying that the agents uh, actually feel disappointed, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, not but, just the writers. Uh, There's a revelation. <laughs> yes, there is often that that happens. And in fact, we because we take on these clients as coming alongside them in their journey, we really are feeling what they feel. We have volunteered to feel what they feel <laughs> when we're going through through all of this. So uh, that was one of the things that was uh, the transition part of it was, of course, a deep learning experience for me, because as much as I thought I knew by being in the industry for a while, as much as I thought I knew from being on the author side of things, there was so much from the agent side of things. I One of the things that was a, a great joy to me was that I knew that the books and such literary management that um, where I'm an agent, I knew it was a place of integrity. And mm-hmm. there are several of those strong places of integrity and agencies within uh, Christian publishing. And then there are others, it's mm-hmm. not as visible or uh, not as sure. Right. But when I got behind the scenes with books and such, and I saw that that integrity ran deeper than I ever knew, that it wasn't just a facade, that there was a depth to that level of integrity that ran way deep, even behind the scenes. That made me more sure than ever that the decision was a good one. Mm-hmm. to uh, become part of that team and to root for other people's projects with right. more ferocity even than my own. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that um, one of my greatest revelations while I was an agent was the fact that I too had been in the industry. I had led fiction programs for four of the major Christian publishers. I'd, I'd negotiated contracts from the publisher side, but it's so different when you're going not just as a negotiator, but as an advocate. Mm. And you're trying to make sure that the marriage that you're creating between publisher and client is one that will benefit both sides. Mm-hmm. And yet at times you have to be the tiger and fight for your client against people that you really love and trust. So it's it's learning how to be a champion, an advocate, and and a warrior all in one fell swoop. Karen, that is so such a good description of it. And it really is true that we we're not an us against them. We know really that who benefits is the reader. 
if we do our work well and we make that good marriage and we pair people's projects with the best possible publisher for them, who benefits the most is the reader who gets the opportunity to read that novel or to read that nonfiction and be moved and changed by it. So it really is that that we're out for that win-win. We're out for making sure that we're doing the the best and the highest level of excellence, both for our author and for the publishing house, knowing that the end result is that the reader is matched with the words from God's heart. So yeah. let's talk some about how the spiritual side of things impacts all of that. Um, I know that uh, sometimes it's a little hard for authors to see that agents are really just plain old people. And, um, you know, the image that's out there of a literary agent is a blood-sucking person going to get everything they can out of the author. That's completely fallacious, especially where the the Christian agents are concerned, the agencies like you talk about that have the integrity like books and such and the Steve Lobby Agency, all of that. So talk about the spiritual side of things, because I think our listeners need to understand that um, agents steep things in prayer, and I'm not sure that they realize that. Mm. I think that's a good point. In fact, um, Aaron and I were talking about this also at the conference that, at one of the conferences that we attended, that uh, it's it's probably not known because it's not necessarily visible the depth and the level of uh, prayer labor that we spend, even in deciding if we are going to represent a client or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can have someone with a great story, great personality, wonderful platform, and we still make it a matter of prayer. It's not an automatic, partly because it is that marriage, that mm-hmm. prayer of that relationship. And we're looking for a, an author who have a career that we can accompany them through that career through through thick and thin. And so we're looking into character. We're looking to make sure, are we on the same page? But we're also needing and depending so heavily on the discernment of the Holy Spirit. If we are walking by the Spirit, that covers everything we do in the business and the relationship side of agenting as well. We're we're praying over things as we're looking at a manuscript and looking at a potential client. We're looking to strengthen the manuscript and to strengthen that client's hand in God mm-hmm. at the same time too. Uh, there are oftentimes we'll I'll be looking at a project that looks good on the surface and I'll have just this this hesitation. And I'm not sure even where the hesitation is coming from. And as I pray about it and and refuse to just uh, react instantaneously from what looks like it might be a good business decision or what looks like it might be uh, that I could offer something to that client or the client could, that it would be a good partnership. Oftentimes I wait until I have the green light from the Lord and clearly mm-hmm. have the green light from the Lord. We can try to manipulate answers. We can try to manipulate relationships that rarely works. We can try to massage something out of a message that isn't there. That rarely works either. (laughs) Um, But we want to make sure that we're on the same page, so to speak, in, in all ways, that our hearts are pointed in the same direction. And that doesn't necessarily mean that every client I represent is a 
a duplicative kind of things that I would write. I'm often representing projects that are very different from what I would want to write or, or sometimes it's even different from what I want to read. But I know (laughs) as I pray about it, that it's something that the readers need to see or hear or consider. That will speak to somebody that will speak to their hearts and their spirits and their own journey in Christ. So true. I had a, a, uh, a doctor when I was battling Lyme disease back too many years ago to mention because it sounds like a completely different century. Oh, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a different century. But um, I didn't know. I, it was an, a year and a half before my doctor figured out that it was Lyme disease that I had. And it was eight years, eight doctors, excuse me, that I had been through in this wow. search of all different kinds. I had... Um, they told me at one time that if you have a disease with 14 symptoms, they send you to the psych department automatically because no disease has 14 symptoms. Oh, and I had 13 and one I didn't want to tell them about. <laughs> so, so through all that process, we got to the end of it. And it was my doctor, my godly internal medicine doctor, who was the person who discovered the answer and we could begin the treatment that lasted again forever because it had had such a hold in my Mm. life by that time, in my body by that time. But I found out later in the game um, that his medical assistant took me aside and said, you know, every time you came in to see the doctor, and it was sometimes once a month with a new symptom, yet another symptom, another round of tests, he would go back to his office after I left put his head in his hands and say, God, I know it's something. I just don't know what it is yet. Will you please reveal what it is? Hmm. And even though it took that long, I'm so grateful that it was that man through whom God worked to bring that answer, probably because he may have been one of the only ones of all those physicians who was seeking his answer from God, not just from the medical tests. Hmm. So, I apply that in agenting and think that's part of my role too. I sit with my head in my hands or or figuratively on my knees to say, God, how can this best be used? How can this be tweaked? How can this be um, edited or changed or a new title or a new subtitle or something that will bring this to the place where it needs to be so that it can reach who it needs to reach? And that is... And in addition to that, and I, I know I'm talking a lot here, but in addition yeah, to that good. is the aspect that we pray and care about our clients. If our clients are going through something personally, we want to know about it because we are a prayer advocate as well. We It's not just because they might not make their deadline. It's because we really do care about our clients and spend a lot of time praying that their lives will be transformed through their writing Mm-hmm. as much as their writing will help transform others. Right. It's so interesting, um, Cynthia. I don't know how many writers out there really understand the degree to which this partnership happens. You know, uh, there is so much that you're doing in the background that might not be noticed. What What do you think, though, is maybe one of the biggest challenges spiritually to being an agent? I think um, I'm new enough at this that 
I'm I'm not battling pride like maybe someone, <laughs> like I might if I were further down the road. <laughs> I I had a big uh, I had a big major spiritual breakthrough not long ago, though when I got I negotiated for one of my clients a contract I would have loved to have had for myself, hmm. and then the next week there was another one. Wow. Where where I was able to secure for a different client a contract I would have loved to have had for myself with a publisher I would have loved to have worked for le- worked for or with, and the interesting part of that was my heart was full of joy, hmm. and it's almost as if the Lord had to remind me, you know, that's the one you would have loved to have had, or that's one you would have loved to have had, and I and. The reason he had to remind me was because he had been working so hard and getting me where I needed to be so that I would rejoice with those who rejoiced and mourn with those who mourn and take and where we as a body would be, would celebrate each other's victories, celebrate right. each other's victories right. with no thought to um receiving anything in return. No, no thought of to what that might mean for us. Uh, those were some really sweet moments. And I, I, I say them now and say them out loud and publicly here, because that's where I want to remain. I don't want to ever get to a place in where it's all business or where um, I'm making decisions according to what it will mean for a paycheck. And as most people know, an agent often works for years and years and years and makes nothing. This is what we signed up for. (laughs) This this is what we decided we would do. But I know and have observed other agents who seem like they're, um, uh, I don't want this to be offensive to any person or for any person to see themselves in this unless God intends them to, (laughs) (laughs) that, that they would, just, you know who you are out there. <laughs> that they would just want to build clientele, just build clientele. Right. Um, that they would want to uh, reach certain sales goals for the sake of the money, as mm-hmm. opposed to for the sake of the kingdom. That they, or for the sake even of making sure that we're doing everything with excellence and pushing ourselves to raise the bar of excellence constantly in what we do. So, so that was a real stark reminder to me in a, in a very, thank you, Lord. It was a gentle way that you just, <laughs> um, to remind me that's where I want my heart to be. That, hmm. um, that if I'm able to get contracts for my clients that cause my heart to sing, yeah. that's the real beauty in it all. Spiritually, the hard part of being an agent is, is, uh, oftentimes balancing time. And for those of us, like Karen has been in the place where you have been agenting and authoring at the same time, we understand that balancing time of where, which is the biggest bonfire that we have to put out at the moment, or the needs never cease and the workload isn't logical. It's not the kind where um, I I visited Denmark just a little bit ago, and their intention is that the workday ends at 4 or 4.30, so everyone can go (laughs) eat their families for supper. Nice. And they lock their computers away in the workplace so that you're not tempted to work in the evening when your husband's, say, watching another baseball game (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) 
And uh, so that part of it is is an issue that I have. I'm wrestling with the Lord all the time about what's what's the what do you want me to do at this moment? Not just what's on my to do list for the day, but at this moment, which is the thing that I need to attend to according to your will, Lord, not my not my agenda. Mm-hmm. So you uh, you mentioned something earlier about the deep, and it was um, you talked a little bit about knowing your why, in a sense, going deep enough to know why you're doing what you're doing. I'm curious, why did you decide to become an agent? Like everything else in my life, God decided for me and left me no option. <laughs> so when I wrote and produced this radio broadcast for 33 years, and in and uh, prior to that, I worked in a chemistry lab. I thought that's what I was going to do with my life. I retired from that to care for my toddler children when they were young and took a correspondence course in creative writing just to keep my mind active with something other than than caring for children and dirty mm-hmm. diapers <laughs> and the latest updates on which diaper is the best. So the last assignment for that particular course that I took, which happened to have been the Christian Writers Institute at the time, was to write a script for a 15-minute radio broadcast, which I thought was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard of. <laughs> I knew there were half-hour and hour broadcasts. There were two-minute broadcasts, and I had no interest at all, at all. <laughs> so I procrastinated on that assignment uh, for I, I don't know, it was eight or nine months, maybe, finally did the assignment just so I get get my certificate to say I'd completed the course. And two weeks after I got my certificate, a woman came to speak to the Christian women's clubs in our area, the Stonecroft clubs in our area, and they needed somebody to help her with her luggage and to sing in between her speaking points. So I volunteered <laughs> because they had already found a babysitter for my two-year-old. So how could I say no? During that time, The woman said she had just been given 15 minutes of free airtime on a radio station that was about to go on the air. And I said, that's very nice. Still had no interest. But at the end of our four days together, instead of her responding to my offer to search for some scriptures that would go with her theme for the day or perhaps look up some poems that would fit with what she was talking about, she handed me the address of the station and said, send the first program here. Wow. And I had just told the Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want <laughs> to do. And he said, did you mean it? So with no experience and no training and no equipment and no anything, Nine months later, that radio station went on the air and our first broadcast went on the air. And it was on continuously for 33 years. And at the end, it was five days a week, Monday through Friday, of a scripted broadcast. The first half was fiction, musical interlude. Second half was devotional thoughts about that slice of life scene from everyday life. So when Janet Grant from Books and Such called me one day a couple of years ago and said, have you ever considered being an agent? I said, nope, uh-uh, nope, nope. Oh, dear, I think I'm going to have to pray about it. <laughs> and when I told my husband, I was sure his answer was going to be, you're not going to do one more thing. <laughs> and instead, he said, don't you think God has been grooming you for this? Oh. And wow. the 
end result of our praying together about it and talking about it was that I said yes to God because I know no other answer to give him. That well, there's no it. other answer that makes any <laughs> sense because if you say no, no it's a big mistake. Big, big mistake. Big mistake. I'm smart enough to know that. Yeah. <laughs> so so anyway, that was it. The the and the adventure of it has been so wonderful. And I've uh, as I said, I, I've not only loved it, but I've loved the people that I work with. I love the people in the industry. I've had some opportunities over the past years to to deeply care to grow in deeply caring about retailers and publishers and editors and marketing people and um as well as the authors and and i think god has used that all because he's given me an empathy for all sides in this uh Mm -hmm. in this mishmash called publishing yeah well cynthia thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us and to share your experience and give us some insights into the spiritual walk that agents have and also just into the ways that God deals with us, no matter what career path we're on, the ways that he leads us and guides us. I love how specific he is to speak into our lives his truth in the ways that we can hear, Um, whether what we need is a gentle reprimand like you got or if it's something just a little bit harder for those of us who are maybe a little too strong-willed. But I really appreciate the time that you spent with us, and we look forward to maybe having you on again. Yeah. I would love that. Thank you so much. Thanks, Cynthia. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you found it helpful. And if you know someone else who needs this podcast, please share it. You can find backlist episodes and lots more resources at our website, rightfromthedeep.com. Yep. We'd love to connect with you guys there. So until next time. Embrace the deep. Your writing and your life will never be the same. Amen. Amen.